Sadama Meditation Society, Virginia, Full Retreat 2016, the second day December 1st, Interview English Myanmar Group. If I start to, uh, to observe the uh, uh, aware uh, like a body sensation, uh, it's like a, it cannot uh, stay for a while. It immediately, uh, you know, not might change to another part. Uh, it's like a, it's always changing, changing, changing. If I uh, observe the, the, the seed, the looking, maybe less than <coughs> seconds, immediately change to other sound. And, uh, so this is uh, the, the mind is not stable. Uh, it's very hard to make it stable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's possible for the mind to actually know um, in this way. It only becomes not stable. Wow. <laughs> it only becomes not stable. Um, it only becomes stable when you li- like, uh, sorry, it only becomes not stable when you like or don't like what is happening. Okay? So the fact that your mind can be aware of what is happening in this way means that there is samadhi, and samadhi is stability of mind. So um, it's hard to say that the mind is not stable, but if you don't like what's happening, it will feel like it's not stable because of it's the aversion that's, that gives the feeling of instability. Um, but if you uh, just see what is happening as it is and just observe continuously, and especially if you are aware, you know, check that on the aversion. Um, and if there's no aversion, then, you know, if what you f- are observing, if it feels fast, it, it may slow down. But aversion will make things feel more intense. Or so when you know something, you know that this is happening, it means you are aware first. And if you are aware, it means somebody is present. Okay. If you are really uncomfortable with this, like you can't deal with the aversion, then Siadra says you can choose to uh, take one object. Use an anchor and keep coming back to it. The 
uh, even though I uh, choose one anchor like uh, uh, rising, falling, yeah. stomach, uh, uh, breathing, but still it does not uh, stay for a while. It's, uh, just uh, several seconds. He says it may not stay, and you know, it's not our choice to control, like to make the mind stay or know whatever we want it to. The mind still knows what it does. So, you know, awareness, it's not about choosing where the awareness stays. Awareness is the choice to be aware. And it doesn't matter what you are aware of. So if, the, if you're aware of different things, that's okay. Uh, I, I, I found that there is a phenomenon uh, uh, some uh, some thinking uh, rise and uh, coming. Then I feel some pro- uh, body, uh, some part of there is some special feeling. So that uh, affect my chest. Sorry, I'm uh, not understanding what you said. Uh, chest, it's chest, chest. You know, another chest. Another chest. I mean, um, for example, I I try to be stay awareness. Uh, something for a while. If I observe like a sea or something. But uh, later uh, I get lost. Minus mm-hmm. thinking something. Mm-hmm. So then I'm trying to find why minus uh, so easily change. Mm-hmm. So so then I try to find why the mind uh, is so easily well mind was so easily changing from wise to move to another place and mm-hmm. get lost. So now I try to stay, you know, try to fight uh, the reason um, why mind so easily change. So mm-hmm. later I found that uh, because some some feeling rise, mm-hmm. when I observe something, be aware of that, but later some feeling rise, and uh, if I don't, uh, um, if I. Uh, didn't pay attention, don't know that uh, that feeling, you know, that if that feeling is not obvious, some, some small, subtle feeling, so that looks like mind to be affected by feeling. Mind looks like it always ch- uh, chase that uh, feeling. So I, after that, I know that, so I try to to pay my attention to my feeling or some kind of a cessation. My body sensation. Mm-hmm. If I'm trying to observe something, then I feel some kind of sensation rise. So in that moment, mind the mind uh, probably wants to to change. So if I can can grasp that uh, sensation at that, that moment, the mind will stay. If I cannot uh, catch that uh, sensation. You know that small sensation, so mind will get lost. When you say lost, you just mean it's gone to another object, right? No, no, that's my mind is evolved to thinking something. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He said in the end, in the beginning, in the beginning, you just have to accept this because there's no momentum in the yeah, but awareness may not be so continuous. There's not so much aware- momentum. 
Only thing you need to watch out for is the aversion to this, that the mind doesn't like that it's not perfect. Okay, so your, your mind is like confused or like why is it like this and doesn't want to be, it to be like this. You want to change it, you want to do it right so that it won't be like this, right? However good it has been before, forget it. Just <laughs> start where you are now. This is how it is now, and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, another question is: uh, sometimes that, uh, like that, sensation is very strong. Uh, for example, sensation awareness. Yeah. Uh, now I mean the body is you know kind of feeling is very strong. For example, I, I uh, don't like like dislike my like head touched mud or some ground. I touch like that, like this. So I sometimes generate, you know, my, you know, the very strong dislike sensation comes. But, uh, so if I touch and see, it looks, you know, that, uh, if, I, if I think that's uh, not uh, clean, uh, dirty things, if I touch my head, then I, I feel very strong uh, feeling or sensation in my body. So that's a, uh, uh, Sometimes the uh, uh, mind cannot. Uh, I think it's a kind of like a sensation always affect my mind. Uh, so, so I mean, my question is how to handle this kind of very strong uh, feeling or sensation. If I, I did I, I did something is I, I don't like and. Uh, if the reaction is very strong, the first thing that you can do is just try to intellectually change your attitude, tell yourself this is nature. A, a feeling is just a feeling, a sensation is just a sensation, what you're knowing is, it's natural, you know, this happens. Yes. Yeah, so, and then just, if you, if you can, if you can bring these attitudes in, intellectually, he says, at least it will allow you to, to know what's happening, to, to be aware of it, to observe it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes I I remind myself uh, oh. this is Anija. It's not permanent. <laughs> yeah. But uh, sometimes it does not work. Eventually, my mind gets like a more or worse uh, react. Using um, <coughs> things like impermanence and anicca dukkanata is uh, it's only possible when you really understand it. Sometimes when we the mind doesn't even intellectually get it in that situation, 
then it's not possible to use it. It doesn't work. But you don't feel like work, He says, if it's dirty, go wash your hands. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. just be aware of yourself doing whatever. Yeah, I know that. But, uh, you know, I mean, this... Last question from you. It's already 25 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Well, you can finish yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, another another question is uh, for the, you know, I'm trying to follow your style of uh, teaching, but uh, you know it's uh, not personalized. Uh, so something happens, it's not uh, you know personalized. But uh, even though I remind myself like that, but still, you know, sometimes if I re- remind myself, but uh, there is another might. It looks like it, it don't like this kind of remind. remind. So when you can remind yourself, remind yourself. When you can't, Sierra says, then don't try to remind yourself. Just observe what is happening as it is. Don't think of anything. Just pay attention. Just know that this is happening. We have a reaction when we keep thinking about what is happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, because the, the yogis yeah. will have to do this, and uh, yeah. that's well, not ideal. Actually, At least I know where to put it. Your, your is more sensitive than the other one. Yeah. So, but if we allow yours, that one won't be hurting. So. Yeah. Yeah. Every yogi will have to learn to do this. So. Okay. <laughs> so sometimes I get stuck into a, a dullness, and. Uh, and the way I realized that I've been stuck in a dullness is through um, noticing a daydream or some thinking. Um, and when I realize that, it's like there's a moment I can stay in that confusion. And um, is it okay to be okay with that confusion? Or should I anchor myself back to one of the five senses? ตีเลยเอ้อตีตูโอเคขึ้นเลยเอ้อขึ้นมาแล้วเนี่ยโหยตะคู่ตัวเราอายุก็กระทําแล้วเอ่อตีเนี่ยตีนี่เราใหญ
Mm. You know, you know that you know the confusion clearly, and then see if that works. And then if it doesn't work, then try to alternate. And if it still doesn't work, then you know, one step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Can you breathe this way? Thank you. Um, I would like to ask you about the. Um, I'm not really clear about the sixth sense of body and mind. Can you explain to me more and give me sample? Example. The six senses. I don't know about the machine. Example. Yes, you must look at the sense of the sense. You must look at 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 the sense. And the mind. Okay, so five senses are body, machine, right? The body, right? So the body has five senses, right? Eyes, ears, nose, mouth, and then the whole body for touching, mm-hmm. right? And then the mind. The mind is not in any place or anywhere. Okay, the mind is just known. Mind door, right? So. We call it a mind door. That's some technical term, but we can just experience the mind. There's not a place called the mind door where we can look at it. Okay. We just know where we know it. Okay. Yeah. So, so when you want to observe seeing, right? When you want to observe seeing, Seattle says the object of seeing is. The very process of seeing. So you might call it sight, or you might call it the process of seeing. It is not the thing that you see. For example, you can see the floor now. You can see the floor, but the floor is not your object. See that you can see the uh, the floor. That you can see. You can see everything here now, right? Yeah. But everything here is not your object. Your object is the ability to see. And you don't have to describe or anything. No, but can you recognize that you are seeing? Yeah, yeah, that is your object. Right? If you close your eyes, you can't see, right? When you open your eyes, seeing is happening, right? Yeah, that seeing is the object. How about the smell? You can you smell? You smell bad or good, or you just smell. You don't have to describe bad or good smell. Um, so, okay, the thing with practicing is that there's no need to separate your experience. It's all part of it. There is the mere smelling, and then there is the part of your mind that recognizes and judges it as a good or a bad smell. And you need to know all of it. Uh, the mind can there's smelling happening. The mind likes it. The mind doesn't like it. The mind thinks it's good. The mind thinks it's not good. All of this we need to know. Seattle says usually we are not able to know, for example, just smelling or you know seeing or hearing directly because what comes in very quickly is our liking or disliking. So you smell something and you like it. What you can immediately Experience is that you like, say, the smell of a rose. Okay, you like it. So first, you have to watch that you like it. You know, watch the feeling that you like it. What it feels good. It feels 
happy and then as you watch it it might come down it you know the the feeling might fade and then when it feels more neutral he said check the sense of smelling and then you might detect what is just smell mm-hmm. okay yeah about the body you mean the body is uh, you feel hot or cold or how you every single thing you can feel on your body whether it's touching tingling aching hurting, right? Pain, all these are sensations that you feel on your body. Sometimes pleasant. Somebody gives you a massage, it feels good. That's also a sensation. Okay. Okay. One more question. I just can't feel what you say about observe the mind of the um, pain, but not feeling the pain. Observe the what? You say observe uh, of the mind of the pain, but not feeling of the pain. How... Oh, okay. So, it's the difference between what you feel in the body, like, you know, uh, say you have pain, right, Uh in your leg, for example. So, there's what you feel is in the leg, and then there is a feeling of discomfort in the mind. Can you feel that? Mm -hmm. Like, when you have pain, do you feel uncomfortable in the mind? Yeah. So, he's saying, don't look at the feeling in the leg, look at the feeling in the mind. Is that? If the mind tell you is pain or the the mind feels uncomfortable, uncomfortable, or unpleasant, or it feels like like this. It feels like tight. It wants to move away from the pain. Can you feel that sort of sensation? That's not sensation. That's sort of feeling. Yes. Can you feel that? So look like to me like this is like you just observe your reaction or there's something like that. Like yes, your reaction. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, the language gets more and more confusing. Just, it's new for me. Can I just ask a follow-up yeah. question? So, 
when you feel detached like this, and if you come back to the story and need to deal with it, mm -hmm. are you better able to deal with it? Because you are less attached. Yes. ไรดิมาชินเอออะไรตัวตะบิทามีเลยไรดิมาชินน้องดูสิเนี่ยคิดกิตาร์ปุ๊บขึ้นสิเลยไอ้รอตัวเอ็งมาสวยตัวคิด
it'd be better to just stop and because that's when and just take a second and um, go back to right view like it's hard to do both if that in that instance it was really hard to read concentrate and this like mind chatter of aversion happening in the background and this kind of is correlates to real life I think in <laughs> yeah Yes, it is better to to deal with it. Yeah, okay. stop reading for a while. Okay. Yeah, oh, I have to read it. The child only use the the diamond. Tell me, how much is it? The side pen is so two inches. Yeah, he says. When we have time and the opportunity, it's always good when we notice that there's some. You know, this is like a niggle in the mind. Whether it's. Uh, <laughs> Whether it's a greedy niggle or an aversive niggle, he says these niggles, if we have, it's like walking with a thorn in your foot. He says if you can, stop and take it off. Okay, it's much more comfortable. Okay, thank you. Just a beginner in, in uh, as a meditator, so uh, I, I understand that uh, during the meditation, you like you just said a while ago, if you have a pain in your leg and uh, your mind doesn't feel the pain, but it's more like uncom- uh, uncomfortable. Okay, so at that point, what do we do? I know we're trying to go back with um, our breathing technique uh, to focus on our breathing, but at that point, the pain is still there, so. Um, do we move around? Do we make, adjust it to make the pain go away or something like that? นานาเนี่ยปัตติอติญญ์โลจนะอืมเนาะดาปรมายุเวชะเนี่ยไอ้เราดีนาเนี่ยเทมะผิดนี่ล่ะอารมณ์ดูลิล่ะเนี่ย
And then he says, what you do is you need to clear that discomfort in the mind. Right? You need to deal with the discomfort in the mind because it colors your experience in the moment. So then you watch that uncomfortable feeling in the mind. And if as you watch the discomfort in the mind, if the discomfort goes away, that is the time. When there's no more discomfort in the mind, that is the time to directly watch the sensation in the body. At that point, you can adjust the body. No. If needed, needed, yes. But only when there's no more discomfort in the body. Right. I'm saying I'm hard. Yes, okay. So if there's no... So no no more discomfort in the mind, it's time to watch the sensation. When do you move is when the aversion in the mind cannot go away. And it's increasing. Right? You are uncomfortable and more and more uncomfortable. It is not helping to watch the uncomfortable mind then you should change the body. Okay, all right. So, that's good. so I understand that part there. Yeah, so Seattle, no going back to the breath. Right. Okay. But you show that was shown, that was not a little move, so that's a little shown. And you just, the other way you just move. Going to the breath doesn't help you to understand the process of pain, right? It's sort of like running away from it so that it doesn't have to face it. So, there's no way it's going to help you to understand pain. So, so the whole purpose of meditation is to understand, right? Even if we use a strategy of moving away from what is uncomfortable, it's always to strengthen the mind in order, in order to come back and deal with what is different. Yeah, so although sometimes we may not be strong enough to, to face something directly and learn from it, he says then we need to move away from it as a strategy, because we can't deal with it now. The mind is too distressed. Then, yes, you can pay attention to the breath or go for a walk or something and build your mindfulness. When the mindfulness feels strong enough, you can, it's to come back and then face it again. It's really helpful to know that um, our experience of pain is is almost is, is very closely related to our aversion towards the pain. So you'll find that um, when you watch the aversion in the mind, and as the aversion gets less, that the way you experience the pain sensation just now will be different. If the aversion is increasing you'll find your experience of the pain sensation increasing. Yeah? So when the pain is in, when the aversion is increasing, Sierra says pain always feels intense, like a block, very painful, unmovable, tight. Yeah? But he says when you watch the aversion itself, you're not watching the body, you're watching the, the discomfort, the aversion itself, he says, if the aversion can soften, he says, really notice how it changes your experience of pain in the body. And it's an important exercise because the experience of pain in the body, it parallels many things that we don't like in our lives. 
right? We have pain in the body, we have aversion in the mind. It parallels like meeting somebody in our life that we don't like. He says when we are in a in a hurry or in an irritated mood and we look, we see someone that we generally don't like, he says our irritation grows, right? But if we're in a good mood and we see the same person, we don't feel as irritated, right? So it's the same thing. It, but to really understand what is happening as it is, that our mind must be in, in a balanced state. Our mind is neither um, preferring or resisting, you know, our mind is not um, liking or disliking. When my, our mind is neutral, then we see what is happening as it is. That's when we learn the truth. So then he says, when we understand this objective, then the exploration of the experience of pain becomes more interesting. Thank you. So, Sayadaw, thank you so much for coming. Our great honor to be here. Thank you. Um, this is more of a report than a question. Um, in in my practice, I'm able to get to uh, open equanimity quite easily, um, just upon remembering. So the issue for my practice is remembering. However, uh, my mornings are extremely difficult, and I uh, forget between retreats how impossible it is for me to settle my mind between 5 and 6 a.m. And I feel like I'm in uh, the grip of some fever, and I can't stop the thoughts. I can't find my equanimity. I can't let go until I finally sat at the breakfast table. And then the whole thing just releases. So I'm just wondering, um, since uh, there are other times of deep stress where the same thing happens, uh, what your advice is to let go when this sort of fever of thought and um, this happens every day? On well, retreat? I don't normally meditate from 5 to 6. Oh. So, <laughs> so I usually avoid most of it, but I recognize when I come to retreat that this is a morning problem, right. particularly. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, retreat.
your mind has a problem with something in that in the morning. There's something your mind. There's something your mind doesn't like about the morning. That's right. What is it? Oh, it's fear. What is the mind afraid oh, of? Ancient, ancient, ancient fears. Ancient fears, but it doesn't. Um, the mind, what the mind goes to, is it's just all over and I can't I can't I can't open uh, to the uh, and the rest of the mind this stuff doesn't come in pardon? the rest of the day the, the mind doesn't, uh, it doesn't this stuff doesn't come up no, it isn't particular stuff it's just an assault it's like ตัวเมจัยเนี่ยตัวก้องเนี่ยรู้อยู่ใส่ตัวสิกาดาวตัวจีนนั่นน่ะดีลงเลยตัวเมจัยเนี่ยหาใจเนี่ยตัวเท่
it, it can be that, you know, because when we have slept the whole night and we're not aware when we're asleep, right? He says we wake up in the morning and the mind is sort of weakest. The whole day we've been building awareness, but in the morning it, it starts afresh. So the, the mindfulness is at its weakest and that's when um, all these, you know, hindrances have the most opportunity to attack us. But you can take it as an opportunity because hindrances can be turned into stepping stones. Because every moment that you're aware of a hindrance, you are growing awareness. So, turn it into an opportunity. Yeah. Um, I am aware of my own body sensation throughout the day and um, it's got more intense when I do the meditation uh, during when I'm sleeping or lying down I have less distractions or less thoughts coming out and I think most of the time I think um, whether my mind has its patterns of sensing or wearing of my body um, sensation. Um, I kind of like sometimes have a doubt that um, whether it has been building up the good habit of it. And it's come with the uh, sometimes anxiety or the fears to me. Mm. Hi, ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็ก็
So it's it's a good it's a good, good place to be that you're aware of something in your body all the time, yeah. Sarah often talks about personal effort versus uh, natural effort. Um, and, you know, personal effort is what we use to start ourselves practicing. It's like we start practicing and we need to try to be aware and so on. But when we've been doing it a long time, it starts becoming natural for the mind to notice things because that's what we've trained it to do. And when, it's, when the mind has become well-trained, then uh, it's like a, you know when you pedal on a bicycle? After a while you don't pedal, it keeps going. So the mind gets into that state where although me, I don't feel like I'm putting effort, the mind, the, the, the quality the, the, um, of effort in the mind still does its work because that's what it's been trained to do. It's woken up and it keeps doing its work. So then it feels very natural to have that awareness keep working. Should I be um, practicing? Uh, in fact, I, I do it um, once in a while because the bodily is stronger. So I'm trying to, um, like, 80%, 30% sounds, like trying to um, have the sounds hearing from far so that the intensity of the um, bodily sensation is a little bit lesser trying to if you are doing it there is a paradox in the mind that you know when we do something because we're trying to prevent something else that the, the reason why we're doing it keeps reminding the mind of why it's doing it. So you can never run away from it, that the more you try to do something to avoid it, the more the mind is reminded of what it's trying to avoid, and it will always be in the back of the mind. Yeah, people who are afraid of pain feel more pain. <laughs> <laughs> We don't we think of liking something as attachment. We don't realize that disliking something is an attachment too. So the more we like or dislike something, the more the mind hangs on to that thing. 
Because it means that the mind keeps thinking of the thing it likes or dislikes. So it's attachment. Who are the the resisting your buddhi. So right now, it's almost like it's not awareness that's making you aware of the sensations. It's fear that's making you aware of the sensations. The anxiety keeps reminding you of the sensations. So, So now you know that knowing the sensations of the body is not a problem. If the if that helps to settle the mind, it's fine. You can if the mind is feeling fine, you can watch anything. You can be aware of the breath or the walking or the sitting, anything. Okay? But if you find the mind is concerned, you need to watch the concern in the mind. So now you're, we're still concerned with what we're observing, right? He says eventually we have to start appreciating the fact that anything we know, we know because awareness is present. So we start appreciating that it's helping the awareness to be present. So we move towards the awareness and appreciating its presence. And not so concerned anymore about what it's aware of. Yeah, this is this is sort of like the eventual direction, the path that is we're moving towards. Okay, so it's not a problem. Don't worry about it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, when we don't have enough knowledge about the mind and the body and how they work, sometimes um, an ordinary experience can feel frightening because we don't understand where it's coming from. When we don't understand cause and effect, how the mind can develop habits or and so on. When we don't understand the law of cause and effect in the mind, you know how aversion can can exaggerate experiences. Not understanding why the mind has become aware of the sensations all the time. All these, you know, not knowing these, um, the way the mind works this way, and you know, it causes doubt and confusion in the mind. Yeah. So it's good to have more information. Yeah, and the more information we have, the more it's and the more right information we have, the more it settles the mind. Yeah, so that we can effectively work with what we have. I think I had uh, what the shed this morning at the sitting. Um, at first, the mind was <coughs> clear, and then it began, and then I could feel sleepiness coming, and uh, the mind was relaxed, and the body was relaxed, and I could see that tension beginning to drift away, to be with the pleasant sensations 
you know, because it was relaxed and soft. And, and then I realized that, oh, that's sleepiness again. <laughs> and um, then I realized that there was a something that the tightness in the mind. And I realized that, oh, that's the reaction to the not liking. And I thought, that's how it has always been. So it's not the sleepiness that caused me trouble. It's my reaction to it. Mm. And I began to see that's how I have always been avoiding to include my reaction to the experience. Mm -hmm. Then, when I had that realization, the mind began to relax. Because it's just the reaction. It's not the sleepiness. And then the mind became interested in exactly what's happening now. Mm. And I, right now the mind was foggy, mm. hazy. Mm. And then there's the thought, yes, but I am aware of the fogginess. Mm. And that's fine. And then the interest picked up. And there was, the mind was interested, and it was clear again. Okay, so that's, there's another thing, last, yesterday, when I did the walking meditation, there was, um, because I always reminded myself that there's nothing to do, just receive, and um, try not to fix anything. It's not supposed to be anything. So I did the walking meditation. I was aware of seeing, hearing, the body movements. And I, and then there was an awareness, that clear awareness, continuously, until suddenly the body stopped. Stop moving? Yeah, it didn't move. And um, then I realized that it stopped because it wanted to feel the tightness in the body. The mind wanted to feel Yeah, because there's always a tightness. And after it, the tightness began to unravel, there was an acceleration of the breath, and then the body moved again. And it kept doing it. You know, so I was like, oh, why did the body stop? because it wanted to be aware. The mind wanted to be aware. Yeah, the, the mind wanted to be aware. Right. So, um, so, I want, so I wanted to know, why is it because... Did it start because out of greed or out of illusion? Did you see? Yes, and I think both. Because the, the greed is... When the tightness <coughs> unraveled, the body relaxed. That was pleasant. But also, there's aversion. It wanted to feel it in order for the tightness to go away. <laughs> so, um, so I have an experience that I would like to know. When this walking stopped and 
at that moment, I felt the tightness around the shoulders area. And then suddenly, after the tightness went away, there was a moment then when it feels like everything stopped. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure how, how to describe it. I just knew that if, at that moment, everything stopped. What is everything? It's like... You mean it became quiet or still? Yeah, yes, yes. Okay, that's not stopped. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> stopped, it just it became but, still. Right, because I felt, I felt there was some... Of course, this, there was some... Not quite thinking, but there was not... At that moment, I felt like... I know that we're seeing, but it wasn't quite seeing, it wasn't quite hearing, it wasn't, but it was just still. Maybe that's the word you used. Mm -hmm. So at that moment, there was a perception, this is knowing. That's a thought. Is it knowing? Yeah, that's a thought too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I wonder what Sado would say. Advise me to do. <laughs> ก็ยัดเตยัดเตลุเปอร์อ่ะมายัดป่าวตัวตีนี่เราตัวตีนี่เราลุเปอร์ตําหรับตีนี่เราตัวปรรษัพท์เราสกลงตรงเนี่ย
And the other thing to notice is that, you know, every time you stop walking, um, it's not the body's stop. It's because you want, the mind wanted to stop, right? So, intention to stop. Right. So without that intention, the mind, the body won't stop. So it would be wrong to say just that the body stopped, right? Oh no no, I mean yeah, I meant right yeah. Yeah, you know why, that the mind wanted mind to, stop to stop because it wants to see the, the tension in the back. And why does it want to see the tension in the back? Because it doesn't like the tension, it wants to deal with it. Okay, so you know this change, right? So there's a whole process of all these things that the mind plans is planning. So actually you know the process, but your description sort of lacks the detail, that's all. And it's because you can see the intention that you can detect the greed and the aversion in the intention, right? Yes, only this morning, because yesterday I don't. I didn't understand. I didn't understand why the body stopped. Mm. Oh, so the, the mind was thinking about it. Uh-huh. So this morning I did the walking meditation again, and I saw. Oh, that's intention. Yeah. And Sandra has also said. He says there is no need to stop walking in order to watch that sensation. He said that's. Uh, like a carryover from our old practice where, yes. you know, we're told uh, watching, you, you know, again, to watch it more carefully, you should stand and watch, but actually we should train our mind, and, and you know, at home sometimes we can't stop, so train your mind, you already know the sensations there, just keep watching it as you walk right? But it was greed It was greed, okay Okay um, so just earlier you were mentioning how Seidel had like this continuous awareness of this sensation like in his abdomen. So I was wondering in his solar plexus. In his solar plexus. Um, <laughs> but I was I was wondering, so the goal is a continuous awareness of an object. I guess ideally you have continuous awareness of multiple objects. Kind of, or no, I think ideally you just continuous awareness. Okay, because <laughs> yeah. I was always like, ah, the idea that you know what? Let me see, but some people they can get that. Be your mother, child, you done it for every time. Yeah, you you know you that you know what? I go around the child and put it. It might be helpful to know that in Seattle's early day practices, he really did hang on to one object, but he didn't stay with with only the one object. So he used this as an anchor and it was like, it's like a lighthouse, you know? He stayed in the lighthouse and then the beacon sort of like shined on everything in the, you know, in the sea and he could see the other. So he stayed with the one object to enable his awareness to be present and then use the awareness to, to also not forget the other things, the other experiences. No, so, um, with much practice, um, well, kind of like years of, of, of doing that continuously, he says his, um, his awareness gained momentum, and then he was able to be naturally aware of everything. 
Um, but he says the mind didn't forget that object. It had become a habit. So then it would just stay there and it would keep the momentum going. Okay. Yeah, because like sometimes, ideally I know it's, we're trying to understand how the reactions and identification stuff works. So then <clears throat> sometimes I'm just focusing on the feeling of my feet and I'm just like, maybe I'm focusing too much. I'm just that feeling and not, I just, then I kind of get doubt and like, should I, am I supposed to be doing something better right now? But yeah, he says, if we get too focused on one sensation, then we won't know the reactions in the mind, right? So any reaction that's close to the heart, uh, he says, uh, not reaction, any sensation that's close to the heart. So in his case, that sensation, uh, it was a useful sensation to take because if he had a reaction, uh, it was more easily detected. You know, if his attention was on his foot and really in his, like, concentrated in the foot, he says, maybe he wouldn't detect another emotion easily. But being in the heart area, he says, even though he was on a physical sensation, then mm-hmm. if he felt something, it was also easily noticed. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. yeah, I think I was doing something similar with, like, um, like conversations and stuff. I think I tried to get a feet while I was talking or something. Yeah. I felt kind of stupid, but then I, I moved to, like, uh, moving attention to the throat or, like, vibrations of the throat. I think it's closer to feelings. But I that's a that's a good thing to do experiment to see what like what is more helpful mm-hmm. right um, to keep the awareness going and he says um, of everything he says as we go through these through all our experiments on mindfulness and learning about mindfulness he says eventually we get to a place where we know awareness is present. And when we know awareness is present, he says it frees us from um, chasing the objects. Because when you're, when it's the awareness, awareness ha- happens in the mind, right? Mm-hmm. Awareness is, is a component of mind. And because it's in the mind, then you also readily know other things that happen in the mind, like what the mind is feeling or doing and so on. And um, and of course, awareness is what helps us know everything else in the body as well. So that's why um, event, he, wants us to, he wants us to recognize that whenever we get to a place, because we will sort of bop in and out of it, but whenever we get into that space where we can sort of abide in the awareness, we can, you know, we recognize the awareness, it's a good place to be. Yeah, it's like being in the control tower. Control room, yeah, You're like in the, yeah, the air, air traffic control tower and you can see everything. Yeah, birds are you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> no. <coughs> Can ask another question? Um, okay. Yeah, you 
Um, so with the non-identification thing, so then there's like a NATA, where there's like the, whatever, a NATA insight, and then when you guys talk about right view, it seems kind of similar it in is. the sense that you're saying when you view an object, don't view it as being like part of yourself or something. Personal, yeah. Personal. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of just like looking for input and like when you properly use right view, how are things like in your experience supposed to change? Because I think um, like for a long time, I was really frustrated, like trying to figure it out exactly what to be doing with that. Mm -hmm. um, and now I think maybe it's a little bit better. Like if I watch a thought that's come up before or emotion, I can kind of, there's like some more distance, I think, but I'm not sure if that's the same thing that you guys are talking about. Mm -hmm. ตุ้มเชียงตะบิ๋วรออนาตะเปียวอะเมียวๆชื่อเลยตัวอาจารย์โจเลยผิดมั้ยงามไม่เข้าเลยผิดมั้ยตะบาวะเลยผิดมั้
And uh, in two way, in the bigger way of who is aware, and in a simple way, I find very silly worrying about what to wear at retreat, whether should I shave today, what am I eating, am I eating too much? And I feel silly, but still, it's going on all the time. People like me or not. It's, it's necessary. <laughs> <laughs> ตัวตัวไอเดียจีชื่อเลยเอออะไรอะไรอะไรอะไรอะไรอะไรอะไรอะไรอะไรอะไรอะไรอะไรอะไรอะไรอะไรอะไรอะไรอะไรอะไรอ
Yes, you can like acknowledge to yourself that the awareness, you know, knowing is the mind. The mind is knowing now. You can acknowledge that. So what we move into, he says, now this is all intellectual for us. We can understand it by thinking about it, and to our logic, it sounds um, plausible. It sounds, um, it feels comfortable in the mind. So this is our intellectual understanding. He says, eventually, as we keep observing, at some point, we will actually feel it more deeply where the understanding gets much more visceral, much more rooted in the mind, where it feels like it's truth, where you really see the truth of it. And that's where we're trying to get to. Awareness of awareness, recognize the awareness, we're just talking about recognizing our own awareness. Yeah. awareness of awareness, though. Awareness of awareness, though. Try to be aware, though. Recognize the awareness of position. You are the power pick up. So we're talking about how we used to say awareness of awareness, but that confused some people. It's, it felt like you had to deliberately try to be aware, so um, it's not so much that. It's just a, a recognition of the awareness that's already present, and that's it. When there is enough um, you know, practice, we start to recognize that awareness is present or the awareness is not present. And, and that's enough. That means you see the awareness. So just want to follow up with one of these um, uh, observations on the decisions that are being made by the mind. The what? The decisions? Any decisions being made by the mind. Mind, okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of time when I observe that um, when the decision is made with the right view and the right attitude, uh, it's great. But there's a lot of time when, during the process of daily activities and things like that, you kind of missing the view, the right view and the right attitude. Mm -hmm. And from my personal opinions, um, when we have, when I have no right attitude, what I try to do is defer the decisions until a later time. Uh, a lot of time that helped. But sometimes it's, you know, it just has to come out, you know, at that moment. And when you review it, the decision is not as good as it could be. Mm -hmm. um, it also, in the, in the daily environment, mm -hmm. um, in order to observe, to get both the right view and the right attitude, you have to be always have to be, you know, being aware and, and um, cultivated. Yeah. So otherwise it's, well, it won't be as good as you want to. So if you're at home, 
ไรดูเนี่ยไรอะติจูโกเมียชื่อนี่โหซုံးแค่แจ่ดิบาริชะล่ะปูบล็อกเนี่ยนะบ่เออปูบล็อกก้าวเนี่ยบ่ตูโก
about decisions, um, deferring decisions. I'm just wondering when Saida was a layman, if he, like with the busy schedule and everything, was it, was he able to be aware and make decisions or was he, did he defer them sometimes and with the busy life? ชาวไลกาลาหุ่นตะคาดนี้อเชนไซน์ปีมาซัมเพสเชาลาบลูโลเลยอินโฟเมชั่นมาเล่าอีกสายอินเชนยูเรียลอินโฟเมชั่นเ
ไอ้ยังรู้ตีอ่ะมาฟรีเลยเนี่ยอะตัวนี้เนาะคนน่ะเดี๋ยวอายุเนี่ยสิเนี่ยกลัวล่ะตะฤทธิ์ทามิล่
Yeah, so that, you know, he, he said, depends on how, we, how much we understand it. He said, some things it's easy to depersonalize, and some things it's not easy to depersonalize, and we shouldn't try to, you know, we just recognize, oh, this, the mind still feels it, you know, um, identified with it. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.